0: Herbal Essences is on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens and dyes and certified PETA cruelty free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier moisturized hair. We all know that winter can leave our hair feeling super dry. Herbal Essences' potent aloe and hemp shampoo and conditioner and argan oil and aloe hair mist work together to hydrate and moisturize hair for fantastic frizz control. Not to mention herbal essences sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the royal botanic gardens and it provides extra moisture for your hair look for the herbal essences potent aloe collections green bottles at food and drug stores or mass retailers near you or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more hi i'm alex l and i write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together.
1: Hey girl. Hey, girl.
0: Hi, LaTonia. It's so great to talk
1: with you today. How are you? I am so happy to be here. You know, I, I feel like I'm like everyone else on the planet right now, just trying to process and sit still and manage amidst all of the craziness. But I am so happy to be here and chatting with you.
0: Before we get started, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do.
1: Well, hey, y'all. My name is LaTonia, and I am the owner of Azure Tea House, which is a all-natural, hand-blended tea company based here in the Washington, D.C. area. That's what I do for my business and then in my free time, the bit that I have left. I'm also in education consulting, and I do some work with teachers and leaders in the Washington, D.C., Maryland area.
0: That is absolutely exciting and amazing. And I cannot wait to <laughs> talk with you more about tea, your process and your consultant yeah. work and the offerings that you're giving to teachers and educators in our region. Cause we are literally like not far away from each other at all. We're about right. 35, 40 right. minutes. Yeah. So there's so much to talk about there. So before we really get into the nitty gritty of this conversation, I want to know mm-hmm. how your business started, why tea and And just your beginning point of starting Mm. a tea line.
1: That's an interesting question. So I tend to talk in a circle. So if I don't answer everything linearly, it's gonna come up. But you know, the tea journey for me began really when I was a kid. Me and my mother and my sister and my father, we would drink tea all the time. It was very simple, you know, sleepy time tea or some hot apple juice. But something about it just it brought me so much joy. And when I was in college, I'm from the city of Richmond, not too far from D.C. And when I was in college, I lost my father to cancer, and then a couple years ago about six years ago I lost my mother to cancer and so that really prompted me to really think about the way that I want to see my life what I want to do with my time here on this planet what I want to be able to leave and what I want to you know say that I did accomplish and I did give it a go and so starting a tea business has been something that I've thought about since I was a youth actually my sister my younger sister reminded me of a business plan competition that I entered when I was in high school weird and beautiful to see it manifest, you know, 15, 20 years later as something that I am actively working through. And so I really began working on the tea blend seriously as a part of my healing. After my mother passed back in 2014, I was just looking for ways to give back to myself. And I think when we look at death, especially if you haven't been through it, it's kind of surreal. Like you don't really know what's happening, what's going on yet. You're still living, you're still thriving, <laughs> you're still trying to make a way. Tea is, is my method of coping and grieving and also to take a break. So I was a teacher for a long time in Silver Springs, and I had a little office my last few years of teaching and I would make my cup of tea with my hot water and it just brought me so much peace. Started making it for my friends, Alex, and of course your girlfriends are like, girl, you better sell this. So it's led me to connect with so many people that are entrepreneurs and trying new things and really using this as a way to continue to give back to me and to the community and to Black women who are major inspirational for the work that I do now.
0: To rewind just a little bit, first, I want to just send my love to you for the loss of your parents. I cannot imagine how heavy those losses were for you, but I Mm -hmm. think it's really beautiful that you were able to create some sort of ritual in honor in their memory. So I do want to talk about how loss led you to finding a space for self-care in the process.
1: Absolutely. I think for me, I've realized how important it is to have some type of practice where you're giving back to yourself. And I'm what I like to call a cocooner. Like when I'm going through something, I tend to pull weight in and I might go and it might be a week where I'm really like processing and meditating and journaling. But what I realized was that it wasn't an actual practice of mine. And so what tea drinking did for me throughout that process, especially was create some type of habit, some type of practice that I could look forward to. You know, it's really difficult especially when you're younger, dealing with death because it really is hard to understand, I guess. But the memories that you created with the people that pass around you, you both still live. And tea drinking was one of those rituals for me and my mother. Her, from her diagnosis to her passing, was about a year, year and a half. And Mm. so I was literally teaching in Silver Spring and then I would drive to Richmond from, you know, Thursday to Friday every week. And even towards the end of her life, we would drink tea. And I think for me, you know, my mother had a few last words, but one of the ones that really stuck with me were to be happy. And so... Mm. I love educating and working with youth. Kids are never the problem. But bureaucracy and capitalism and adult, they will drive you crazy. And what I noticed is even when I started to implement those practices, like drinking tea during my breaks at work, I was still like super stressed. I started to get migraines every week, upset stomachs. You know, just little things that were showing me how stress was manifesting in my body. And so I decided to leave the classroom. That was also part of our process was leaving the classroom and making sure that I'm giving some time to the things that make me happy, make me smile. And it just so happens that having little tea parties with my girlfriend or making my husband drink the tea, he's not a huge tea drinker, but occasionally I make him drink the tea. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so the, <laughs> that type of fellowship, that collective care, self-care practice involved with that has been so
0: fulfilling for me. So with tea being this ritual, mm-hmm. being this place of joy and sense of maybe belonging is what I've heard you say, Yeah. Um, and comfort. Do you remember when you said, okay, I'm going to bring this brand to life. I'm going to give the blend these beautiful mm. soulful names. I'm going <laughs> to have this sultry, sexy packaging, which I love. And um, do you remember that moment? Like, okay, i I'm doing this and I'm going to be happy
1: doing it. That is a good question. I So what I love to do, I'm a creator regardless, even as a kid, as a teacher, even if I didn't teach the content, I love creating lessons and activities and different ways to engage children. So I've been working on a what if plan for a while. Like what if I could have my own tea shop? What would that look like? What if I could, you know, blend teas? What would they be? And so yeah, I started with that years before and it was the year after my mother, a couple years after my mother passed that my husband was like, "Hey, I want to gift you an LLC for Christmas. Like you want to go for it?" Wow. And that was the beginning. So it wasn't any of a situation where I was like, "Oh, yes, yeah, I'm ready to start this thing. I can do it." And I think <laughs> that's one of the things that I love to communicate with people. that are trying to start something it doesn't happen the same for everyone like for me it was this oh yeah I'm just having fun creating and then I had my people around me were like hey sis we can do this girl Mm -hmm. you can start a business you know my Mm -hmm. husband who was like hey we can make this happen for a Christmas gift if you're interested and that really pushed me along too and it's something special to have people around you that are kind of saying hey we can do this the moment where I was like oh this is a thing was sitting down and so I do everything I make the labels, I design the packaging, I do my website, all the content. And it's a lot of work, which I know you know. Managing all these pieces are right, it's a lot of work. But I guess when I really realized that it could be a thing was actually finally getting my first label and putting my little rose blend in the label and just making sure each of the blends has a piece of my story. I should say, you know, each blend has a story and something that connects either to my history or something i've observed or to a feeling and so it's getting that first 10 and putting the label on it and nothing's perfect but still i did it it's so cool walking mm. into a store or seeing you know my cheese in your hand it's so cool
0: Herbal Essences believes in plant-based beauty. Their potent aloe collections are sulfate-free and paraben-free and instead infused with real botanicals with the indulgent scents you know and love. They are on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. We all know that winter can leave our curls feeling super dry. Herbal Essences' potent aloe and mango shampoo, conditioner, and curl cream work together to hydrate for moisturized, defined, and long-lasting curls. Herbal Essence's sustainably harvest Potent Aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. Sound intriguing? Look for the Herbal Essence's Potent Aloe Collections Green Bottle at food, drugstores, or mass retailers near you, or you can visit HerbalEssences.com to learn more. Your tea, first of all, is so good. It's so beautifully packaged. And I love how on your website you you have the moving images and it's really just kind of immersive in the experience of ritual and slowing down. And I think that's what I really love about tea and French press coffee and slow drip coffee. And so things that need time to come to fruition, to have its best flavor, to bloom. Absolutely. water. I think it's just amazing. So, I've got to ask, what is your sure. favorite what is your favorite blend? And as you're making the teas, what is the most
1: soothing and exciting part about the creation process? Great question. So I would say my favorite tea blend right now, because my favorite, everything changes often. So my favorite today is definitely a new blend I'm actually coming out with. I did a, I partnered with another woman who's in this entrepreneur network that I'm a part of called The Wells and based in Baltimore. So we collaborated on a blend and a bracelet. And so this blend has hibiscus, echinacea, cinnamon, and it has some safflower and lemongrass. And it's just so rejuvenating. Especially now that I'm like every little you know tickle in my throat, I'm, not, I'm nervous because this is pretty scary, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice to know one for sure with the echinacea and the hibiscus that I'm just having like a super healing, beautiful layered blend. So that's been pretty good. And I also adore Kenfolk, which is a black tea, and I use a black tea that has like fruity notes of apricot and peach, so it's not as heavy as traditional black teas, and it has lemon and ginger and mint, and I love that with um, milk as a latte so those Mm -hmm. two are my top favorite and I think I don't blend the tea if my mood is funky so I'm very very intentional about making sure that the energy I put into it is good so that Mm -hmm. when people receive it (laughs) the same energy is there you know but one of the most soothing things for me is like I literally have my kitchen table sometimes when I'm testing teas and I might start with a quarter teaspoon of this and a half a cup of that and like really playing around with it but the most beautiful part is getting to the end where I finally create a blend that tastes good and I can like run around the house and show it to my friends who are there. If they're here and my husband, That's awesome. Um, Thank you. I love the last tea that you mentioned
0: with the mint and And the ginger. Yes. I love folk. I love it. And also Afro blues. Did I get that name right? Yes. Yes, you did. And I like to add some lemon in it, which turns it purple. So then it's like this whole experience
1: of joy in a cup. I think that's part of, you know, what I wanted to do. I think you captured that so beautifully. And it's funny because I often, you know, you never hear yourself talk. And so it's interesting listening to you capture what I've been hoping others could see was that Mm. tea drinking is supposed to be immersive. You should have some quick tea bags in your cabinet, but then you should also have some other things that slow you down a bit, five to 10 minutes. So just giving back to yourself a couple of times a day is super important and it's also sustainable. And I feel like with the teas I'm blending, I want to make sure they're beautiful enough and interesting enough that people do feel like they can slow down and enjoy them.
0: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned being in the classroom and really seeing how stress was manifesting in your body. So Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about what self-care looked like for you as an educator or what you wanted it to look like and now Mm -hmm. how it looks as a entrepreneur, but also someone Mm -hmm. who still has their hand in the education system just from afar.
1: Yeah, I think one of the best self-care practices for me as an educator was to figure out what battles I was willing to fight. Mm. And so I was a teacher. I taught in elementary school and in middle school and also was a team leader, both at the elementary and middle school level. So at any given time, I was leading a team and managing, you know, a couple hundred students. And I think I had to decide very quickly, you know, what hills am I willing to die on, what's important. My goal was always to be there for the children, for the students. So they come first. And then what can I offer after that? Because I think it's so easy to get caught in the, I want to be everything and do everything because this is a super important job, but especially as a woman of color, as a black woman in a school system that really in a lot of different ways is still developing itself and figuring out its own strategy as it, you know, relates to teaching families that are often coming from gentrified neighborhoods in major cities and need different types of resources. And so I had to decide like, what, am I willing to fight for who and how often? Take your break. You know, I know we want to build up all these hours and leaves, but giving yourself adequate breaks is super important. And I think, you know, looking at COVID-19 and how many educators are at home and trying to make this work and how many parents are now also doing the same thing, I'm hoping that it opens the conversation around what's really sustainable and then how we should really run schools, you know? And I think towards the end of my career in the classroom, my self-care practice was saying no. Like Alex, I had to say no pretty often. And it also led to me saying, you know, I need a break. Like I want to see how else I can affect change in schools in DMV that don't require me leaving every day with a migraine or a set stomach. And it was one of the most difficult decisions and one of the best decisions that I've ever made.
0: Wow. So as we wrap up this conversation, I definitely want to touch on being a woman of color, a Black woman in the space mm-hmm. of making things and mm-hmm. creating beautiful things. And I don't know if you've had this experience before, but I remember when I had my skincare line and I miss <laughs> it so much. I just don't have the time, but I, I miss it so much. I remember like when people finding out that I was a Black woman, be it mm-hmm. stockist, or be it customers when black folks found out i was black it was this sense of pride and just like yeah Yeah. girl you know but when other folks found out I was Black, it was this sense of like shock. Like, like you can produce something that pretty. Mm -hmm. You can have this type of aesthetic. And it Mm -hmm. made me feel, even saying it out loud right now, and I've had these conversations with other Black business owners, but saying it out loud just makes me cringe. It makes me feel really uncomfortable because it's like, who said that beautiful aesthetic and beautiful offerings are only for one type of person or one type of customer base or one type of demographic? So I did want to talk to you about how that has shown up for you and if it hasn't that's amazing but how yeah. you will handle it when it does yeah. because it will unfortunately it, will.
1: <laughs> it has what i've encountered a lot is black folk are always cheering me on even if i don't make a sale even if they're like yeah hey, i'm not much of a tea drinker." people black people are often really really proud to see that i'm going after something right like to see ourselves in a product means so much Um, I've actually had this conversation back and forth because not only am I'm African-American woman, but I'm also a big African-American woman. So there's a lot of other things that I think about coming into a wellness space. Can you be, plus size woman and be well can you drink tea and be well so some of the things I've dealt with often were you know around the packaging like well who did that for you oh you did that yourself oh well, I can't believe and so it's just kind of like well what do you mean mm-hmm. especially I started out doing um, a few events here there in the Georgetown area which is an interesting area because the people I worked with were awesome some of the customers were not always awesome they really want to you know it was kind of the question well where do you buy your tea from well how do you know if some organic well with certified and what's that this and what's that and mm-hmm. I remember leaving one pop-up thinking like but would you have asked me that if I look different did I need to credential myself prior to coming to do a pop-up for a tea would you have asked that of another tea company and so it has been something that I've been thinking about I've also gotten a lot of customers that are like do you make weight loss teas do you make any skinny teas mm-hmm. and what's interesting what I try to tell people is like a couple things right so every tea brand isn't every brand is going to do everything that you want them to do like I'm not I don't buy into diet culture I'm not going to sell that to someone else there's so many other brands that you can purchase from so no shade but shade you got to go somewhere else for it but then also I'm like did you see me <laughs> how do you think that feels to ask a person that looks like me and then you know why would I market that I just there's so many questions that I've had to ask about some of those encounters so yes sis, I absolutely know what you're talking about and I had no idea if that's something that you Dealt with, especially because I purchased, I was a buyer of Balm Co. I'm just so surprised that you had to deal with that, but also not shocked.
0: I do want to like put a disclaimer that I don't think it was ever coming from a place of outward judgment, Mm -hmm. but it didn't come across as wanting to be curious. It came across as shocked. I mean, so many different people listen to this podcast from all different walks of life, backgrounds, etc. And I think these conversations are really important because I am a Black woman and Mm -hmm. I think it's very pivotal for us to share our experiences specifically around entrepreneurship and creating Mm -hmm. things and making things. We're not just making things Mm -hmm. with our hands. We're pouring in our hearts, Mm -hmm. our souls, our bodies Mm -hmm. in
1: all Mm -hmm. these different
0: ways. And my goal in this life is to build community and have that community look like me, look like my neighbor, look like somebody Mm -hmm. else and have sense of belonging. But I also yeah. want other women, be it business owners or not, to be able to say that they can do something and be proud of it and also yeah. not feel like they have to shrink or over explain their craft yeah. or their prices, <laughs> that too. It's just, it can be just so complicated, but I wanted to make sure I brought that up just because like, that's a thing. And I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. think
1: it's a thing until they mm-hmm. experience it. Mm-hmm. It is super scary, I think. For me, so I I facilitate as a part of my consulting works. I do a lot of workshops with teachers and schools and school leaders and whatnot. So there's certain conversations that I'm comfortable having, but it does, like, it's that feeling you get when you're like, someone's questioning me, not trying to be rude, but it still is rude. My Mm -hmm. mother used to always say, you didn't mean to, but you didn't mean not to. You didn't intend to, but the impact is very different. And you're absolutely right. The things that we say, the questions we ask, they all have impact. Some are not good. Some really challenge me. And I have had some questions on just like, wait, what? You didn't think I could do this? Why why wouldn't it be nice? if I did it myself why is that a big deal and yeah the price is to be more expensive than lifting but you also pay for the craft and the creativity and the like this is my arm <laughs> mixing these teas together my creativity each tea I take a couple months to even formulate I don't just put herbs in a bowl like I literally go through measurements and tastings and then I take them to a group of people to taste so I go through a long process for this so when people ask me questions like that is it kind of tough.
0: It teaches us how to advocate for ourselves. It Mm -hmm. teaches us how to speak up with clarity about our crafts. Oh,
1: yeah. And it
0: also teaches us to hold space for, which can be challenging, for others.
1: Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. don't
0: understand or when they don't get it or when they aren't open Mm -hmm. to. So I think it's just moving through the process of creating something and offering it to the world is a brave act. Everything that I've bought from you, I've just been, and I know you sent me some things and I fell in love and I was like oh this has to be a staple in this house like so happy to have this connection I know I said I only had one more question but I actually have another question for you
1: I don't have anywhere to go (laughs) (laughs) where I'm in the house you in the house (laughs) Yep, in the house.
0: Hashtag staying at home. So with this global pandemic being a thing right Mm -hmm. now, and you being an entrepreneur, how is this affecting you, if it is? And how are you moving through the changes that are happening Mm -hmm. to our economy as a small Mm -hmm. business owner
1: during this time? Mm -hmm. So one thing I do know, especially about Black woman-owned businesses is that a lot of us bootstrap. And so that is a very uncomfortable, it's a free place to me because I know I don't owe anyone any money going into some of my work, but it also is very uncomfortable, especially because in my consulting work, a lot of that has had to stop almost entirely because of everything being shut down. So the work that, you know, the workshops I had planned in schools, all of that is slowing down. So that does mean that Some of the money I had, you know, going towards my business now also slows down, I think, I'm incredibly lucky to be married with a spouse and we do have a dual income though it, we're in the D.C. area so <laughs> everything is tight but I am blessed like we have a home, we have food, we want to be okay. I think my biggest question that I've been dealing with was around all the events and all of the rollouts that I had planned for the spring and summer everything's going to have to be pushed back and one of the things I actually have been thinking about Alex is you know not only me but then customers like is anyone going to be in a position to support a lot of the small businesses that are out there over the past couple weeks people have still been purchasing tea like so grateful to my customers that are still purchasing and still reaching out and asking if I need anything and I think having lost my parents at such a young age the actual event is tough right going through the loss I held my mother's hand as she took her last breath. So the actual event is one thing, but the after effects, they ripple for so long. And so um, right before you called, my grandmother actually called me and we were talking about tuberculosis back in her day. And she was like, yeah, I've seen some of this before, but this is pretty crazy. you know." And to know that even then and thinking about now, it's going to be a while before people get back to or create a new normal. And so that is what I'm really curious about. Like, what's that going to look like? And I think what I've been trying to do for my customers, I do like a weekly sip and chat. I just hop on Zoom and we just, you know, shoot the breeze and try to talk about things that give us a, a bit of space and help us to pause during at the start of a busy week. I realized actually Monday how much stress I am taking on that I didn't realize from this whole situation. Like uh, having two parents that were terminally ill, this is serious for a lot of people. And so that causes me a bit of anxiety. And so I've been making sure that I rest and I'm making sure I'm putting the message out there to my customers and to my friends and family. We don't have to have all the answers right now. You don't have to be the best at everything right now. This is crazy. Just really take care of yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. especially from my friends who have Children, you don't have to be the best teacher. Like this is this is totally unprecedented. Do what you can. Read to your children. Play with your children. You know, and let it be. Let's be while we can.
0: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC Zone Kokai.